Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dodges-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hi, welcome to episode number 13 of the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Marnie Dachis marmet and I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie May Potter. And today we have a conversation with Ryan and Phil Doucette of Moto Yoga Studio and Seed Cafe in Minneapolis. And it was so much fun talking with them and hearing about their story. They came here, they moved here from Winnipeg, Canada in 2011 to open Moto Yoga. And their studio is amazing. We both took a class there and I loved it. And what they really do is they are focused on building community. And they've always really wanted to open a plant-based cafe as well. And they were able to eventually do that with the Seed Cafe. They knew that food was really a powerful way to bring people together. They um, were married and then eventually got a divorce in 2013, but they really kept their work rooted in love and respect. And they joke around, they kind of had a yoga divorce, but they really learned a lot from their own yoga practice and they were able to move forward in a healthy way. So anyway, without further ado, we'll move forward into the interview or the conversation. And we're just so excited to have them. All right. So we are sitting here at the at Moto Yoga Studio, which is attached to the Seed Cafe with Ryan and Phil Doucette. And we are so excited to be here. And um, we're going to be talking about a number of different things today. And the first question we have is, so you guys co-own a yoga studio and a plant-based cafe, and you were married. Wow. How did you guys end up here from Canada? And what made you decide to open Moto Yoga? And there's so many questions we have for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, First, I, I think the, to start in the beginning how this came about is we were dating long distance. At the time, I in Toronto and herself ran in Winnipeg, and she was coming to hang out in Toronto and wanted to try this hot yoga thing that was happening at the time. This was like over 15 years ago. I sort of lied a little bit and said, yeah, I love yoga. I'll take you to my place because I was in the courting stage of trying to impress her. So I, I had to find a place to go. And this is before like Google, Yahoo, I think was the search engine. I had to find this yoga studio. And I went by myself the day before to make myself really known. I was very boisterous. And the next day, uh, it worked. We walked in and they're like, hey, Phil. And I was like, see, babe, this is my place, my yoga spot. Yeah. So it was, uh, that's how it started. And 
I, the class I took on my own, I felt, you know, pretty amazing after. And I've never done anything like that before in my life. And then Ryan herself was drawn to it right away. And I'll let her take it from there. Yeah, so like Phil said, um, very happily he found an awesome studio to, uh, <laughs> to be the first studio that he practiced at. And Just happened to be the first moto studio. <laughs> you know, oh, and it was a moto. Yeah. Well, oh, long okay. ago, it, it had some roots in Bikram Yoga, and then we were known as Moksha Yoga in Canada. And now, collectively, we're all known as Moto. Um, but that was a studio owned by Ted and Jess, the founders of Moto. And they tell in retrospect years later, like, of course we remember that Phil guy. We thought he was totally crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But luckily they did have like a strong ethos in knowing students by name, um, which definitely turned out in his favor. We went to the studio. I've been working as a personal trainer for years in Winnipeg. So when I went to Toronto and tried this class, I think... I don't know if it was like 10 minutes in, half an hour in, but it was just so clear that I was like, this is the thing I'm doing with the rest of my life. Um, So then from there, I went to training and Phil went to training and we worked towards opening a studio uh, in Winnipeg, which is where I'm originally from in Canada. Um, So we had a couple of studios there. And then when our daughter was two years old, we decided we want to move somewhere new and we want to do that before she's in school. And we did a little bit of market research, which consisted of a trip to Minneapolis and us being like, yeah, we like this city. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. You know, I I always feel like, yeah, there's like a magic mix of like, like being so naive and ballsy. That's just like, you know, we weren't scared to do it because we didn't know everything that might go wrong. So we're just like, we're moving everything to the United States. We're starting a studio. Work. It's very adventurous of you. Yeah. I love it. I admire that a lot, actually. And did you use, like, was it your intuition or, like, just that gut feeling when you arrived here? Because I'm a transplant. I'm not from Minneapolis either. And there was something about this city when I came here, and even though I didn't know, I had one friend, and that was it. I was like, you know what? This is going to be a good place to raise a family and to live, and the people were, you know. It really is uh, a good place, and... You know, we got divorced here too. And I was a little worried in the beginning. It's like, oh God, now I'm stuck in this city. Because uh-huh. our daughter's here in school. We got our businesses here. But, the, you know, as I let that fear subside, I realized that this is, it's, a, it's the reason we chose the city is because it fit both of us. You know, her love of outdoors, like she grew up in the summers at her cottage. And here she has can go canoeing in the day, go kayaking, mm-hmm. and then go to a cool show at night and have the arts and culture scene here. And for me, I wanted a bigger city because I miss Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, bigger than Winnipeg that is. So it really met both our, um, our needs. So I've never actually felt stuck here. You know, I was worried about it, but right. I think it's a, an amazing place to be. So tell us a little bit more about the studio. So you, so is this a franchise then? Is that how it works? So you brought Moto from Canada. Mm-hmm. Is this the first one in the United States or are they all over? Yes and no to your question. When we first became a Moto studio, Moto was not quite yet a franchise. We were a collective, like a community of like-minded studio owners that were bound together in our 
belief system and our environmental ethics and, you know, that idea of ahimsa, of non-harming. Uh-huh. And then as the community grew, we were like, we actually are a franchise, so let's make franchise not be a dirty word. Let's make it be like the rockin' most ethical, coolest franchise that we've ever seen. Um, so now we are a franchise. We, Moto started in Toronto and there's 80 studios that are worldwide wow. now. Uh, but yes, we are very proudly a franchise, and we were one of the first studios in the United States. Yeah, and awesome. so, can you, uh, you mentioned Ahimsa, and I know a lot of people have never heard that word before. Can you explain what that is and how you're incorporating that in your studio? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a word that uh, translates to non-harming, non-violence, and this really... Um, was at the root of our growth, you know? Like, I, I used to be a very violent person. Not, like, physically, but that energy of, like, you know, people could poke me quickly. Yeah. And, you know, your friends know how to poke you quickly. Like, they knew I had a hot temper. And you mentioned that, and something I was just reading. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that, too, right? And how yeah, that I mean, evolved I, for you. it really... It's not... You know, for a long time, you're not even aware of it. You just... You're just doing your thing. Mm-hmm. But... What this practice, this yoga practice, has done for me is it just cultivated slowly this awareness. And it started from a physical place of like, oh, I didn't know I had muscles there and just feeling things in a different way. And that awareness started to expand out without me even knowing it. It just kept, I started to, I was like, oh yeah, I I do flare up at the same time every time someone says something or does something. And that awareness, then you start investigating more where that's coming from. Then you start to catch yourself. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get angry here. And then eventually, hopefully, you just don't get angry anymore over these little things, you know. But it was, it was, uh, and noticing that and looking back on it, then was, how do we take this further, this concept of non-harming? And that was, uh, next phase for us was plant-based diet mm-hmm. and uh, the harm we were creating and, um, in our, the way we eat. And the last thing for me was I had a big collection of shoes and I had trouble giving up leather kicks. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, good good sneakers. And then I was like being a hypocrite all the time, you know, and buying all these leather goods, which is also a pretty, pretty poor industry, violent industry. So that was the last step for me, but it started with yoga. Mm-hmm. It's not nothing I... I didn't see it coming. It's not like it was a huge plan. We didn't have like, okay, this year we're going to try to go plant-based. It just sort of evolved from Ahimsa. And so how, like, how could others maybe start to practice Ahimsa? And what maybe tips or advice you would have? You know, even just coming into the studio, too, if, for people that are local. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it's so easy to do and it's a never-ending practice. You know, maybe more accurately translated than just non-harming is like reducing harm because, you know, no matter how plant-based a diet you eat, there's bugs that are gonna die in the crops, the plant itself is killed, you know, like Mm -hmm. just reducing the harm that we do the best that we can um, and then let go from there. So I would say, you know, when we start to practice yoga, you just start to see you start to see yourself and then see your judgment and unkindness and um, stereotypes towards other people, just letting go of ideas of harm and reducing harm through diet is a great way. 
reducing harm to yourself and negative self-talk is usually like, you know, we start with where we're at with ourselves and then the waves go up from there. But just start by noticing like where you, where you tense, where it's hard. I think uh, another important part um, or another way to start is just offering yourself uh, forgiveness mm-hmm. every yeah. day. Like, you know, there's things that we don't like we do every day. Sometimes we don't like the way we look and we're hard on ourselves in the way we speak and think about ourselves. And every day there's a, has to be a practice of forgiving yourself to create, you know, to reduce harm. There has to be forgiveness because right. we can be harshest on ourselves. Right. Um, Absolutely. And then applying that outward is just like for us, it was the concept when we first went plant-based was to create more peace. So like little things when you're making a change, like when we first started trying to go vegan, I remember we ordered from one of our favorite pizza joints and we ordered no cheese. Like the pizza, you know, it's, they're not used to it at that time. And it's right. like they brought it with cheese. Old Phil would have like lashed out at this guy. Why did you do this? Like mm-hmm. just this anger of like, and what does that do? And they probably didn't understand. Maybe even when you or asking, and it's not this driver's fault. Right, so right, what's the more right. peaceful approach? Do yeah, I yeah. now get mad at this guy, make it his fault, drive him, get him in the car, drive back, waste more gas, make another one, throw at this other one, or do I just say, you know, oh, I asked for no cheese actually, but thank you for this, and just take the cheese off that night. You right. Know? It's like right. what's that was the approach we were trying to go with um, was a more peaceful. If we wanted to go this route for peace, how did that live out? in the little things in our life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And it seems like it's almost, there's a physical component, a mindset component. Like, is there, do you think there's an actual piece of the food and what you're eating that actually helps almost calm your mind, like in your case, Phil? Like, and kind of, yeah. I mean, I, go ahead. Well, just like, you know, when you, if you watch a movie like Earthlings or some, intense examples you can see pretty clearly but if you just think on a base level even if you're not into like believing in a lot of energy work like if you eat an animal that's dying through like you know like living its whole life in a pen in its own shit and Mm -hmm. living a a sad depressed life and having a violent death and then you eat that it's like energy doesn't go to nowhere it's like right obviously yeah 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 you know, and we didn't want to take in that type of violence and that energy does have to go somewhere and we didn't want it to be going that type of energy. We didn't want it to be going into our food anymore. Yeah. Well, and so I had read that you guys mentioned also right livelihood, which I had actually never heard of. And I looked it up and saw that it was a Buddhist teaching and that seems to kind of go along with exactly what you're talking about. And I would love to hear you guys expand on that more and if that helped propel you into the plant-based cafe. Yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, the concept of right, you know, it's important to understand that it's, like for us, Buddhism is not a religious thing for us. It's just a, um, it's definitely an approach to life. Like when you say right livelihood, you know, it's it's so different for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what always drew me to the mindfulness approach of Buddhism was that I just had to live this in my world. 
It's not like I had to try to fit. And this is this is what you do. And if you don't do this, you know, there's going to be guilt. You're going to live a guilt-ridden life. That release of dogma for me created a lot of freedom to just actually be where I am in my life and then see if I can grow from there without any type of judgment or comparison. And most of that judgment and comparison came from myself. So again, that practice of forgiveness is such a part of, for me, when I think right livelihood, forgiveness is a huge part for me. But for someone else, it could be 10 different things. Right. So when you say right livelihood, it's not about uh, a righteous living or however you look at that, but about trying to take really positive action in your own life mm-hmm. and seeing how that instantly starts to ripple out. The positive things you start to do for yourself, people benefit from. What's that thing you always say when you give someone else... When you give yourself permission to shine? I said it in class the other day. Oh yeah, when we let our own light shine, we unconsciously yeah. give others permission to do the same. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I mean, Marianne Williamson said that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Sometimes And then you, um, like what is right livelihood for you? Well, I mean, for me, I feel pretty passionate about the entrepreneurial spirit and the challenge of how can we be self-employed, how can we contribute things to the world that are necessary and do that in ways that reduce harm. So I think, you know, I feel very proud and like so happy to be able to make a livelihood from doing something that benefits other beings through plant-based food and through practicing yoga. So for me, the, um, the right livelihood of like examining what entrepreneurship looks like in this era is very exciting. That's so exciting. You've clearly taken your passions and now you're sharing them with others. And so you had the studio, the yoga studio, yoga bar first, and then you've expanded a little over a year ago, I think, mm-hmm. to yeah. Seed Cafe. So how did you guys decide to become, you know, a plant-based cafe? Obviously, that's what you <laughs> kind of practice and eat. But what, you know, maybe just talk a little bit about how this all came about and the demand for it and what you're seeing even? Um. Um, well, I'll start and say that, you know, when we both went plant-based, it was just a fun exploration, you know, and starting to learn new ways of getting a balanced diet and then, you know, exploring cooking in different ways. It was a lot of fun. And then at the same time, you start to see that there's not much difference, you know, um, in your approach to things. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be this big thing. I have to make these monstrous, crazy changes right. in my life. And then as you get into it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I eat so many of these things all the time already. Yes. Well, um, and plant-based means different things to different people. Yeah. yeah. Right? Correct. Yeah, some people think plant-based and they think vegan. Right, right. And some people, um, you know, who are plant-based, yes, they're vegan, but their approach is so different. They uh-huh. won't have any processed food. It's like whole food approach and organic, yeah. you know produce and so and yeah some people are just like our family does meatless monday and we come to the cafe like that's a big win for everybody yeah. you know oh, it, yeah. it doesn't that's have to be in like a, a rigid all or nothing way exactly. it's just like it's easy to start anywhere you want to right yeah and that is again ahimsa so the concept of uh-huh. having and creating freedom you know right where you are mm-hmm. and not getting latched on to like this is how you have to do it. This is the only way to go vegan. Yeah. This is the only way to be plant-based. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, we certainly need more people to be plant-based. 
-hmm. We literally actually need it. The world needs it. Uh, the state of our planet needs it. It, it just is needed. Mm -hmm. But you can't force it down people's throat. You just can't. So but by creating this cafe with this delicious food, it's a great way to introduce people to it. Like you said, it's not necessarily that different. It's still very flavorful and it tastes good and it's yeah. satiating and all that. We just feel like we wanted to be like happy people eating plants where a lot of vegan culture has such an angry activist background. And yeah. we're like, you know, activism can be done in like a happy, like, get on this page way and stuff yeah, like, down with the man, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. That we're just like, you know, we want to present it through what feels like a real tone for us. It is just like happy people eating plants. Yeah. yeah. And do you see a demand for the plant-based cafe? Like, more plans to open more? Or do you have your hands full right now? <laughs> well, I feel like we got our hands full right now, but you never know yeah, what's right. going to go down. I mean, it, it, I think it's so heartening to see globally such a shift to you know like like pizza hut through all of britain is using plant-based cheese now as like a regular wow. oh wow and yeah. the, that shocking. impossible burger is everywhere you know no, the yeah. burger there's an impossible whopper now and i think one challenge is like sometimes initially we swap out like vegan doesn't have to mean healthy there's right. yeah. lots of fried foods and processed uh -huh. foods that are plant-based but people start where they're at and our hope is like you know, that leads towards a shift to just more unprocessed food and more time and quality. And like, I just love the meditation of cooking itself, of like chopping vegetables and being with people while you're chopping vegetables. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but you start where you're at. I think it's just heartening globally to see so much shift. Do you and, have, sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say like, I know you have a daughter and um, you talked a little bit, I, and article or blog post that I read just about engaging her in the process but for families who you know aren't plant-based right now but it's something they want to explore do you have any tips for families especially with kids on how you could start to do that and introduce food so that you know kids can be a little picky sometimes <laughs> well I would say um you know so many kids do you know what I see so many people feeding their kids just like fruit and peanut butter toast and like all of these foods that naturally are vegan but there seems to be a big um like western culture has a bit of this fear of not enough protein like right, yeah. right. i yeah. would say just yes. let go of the grip on the protein and trust that whole unprocessed foods will yes. nourish your kid and mm -hmm. i mean so many of emily's friends do just eat mostly plant-based because they eat raw fruits and vegetables and mm -hmm. pasta and rice and tofu and edamame and it's pretty easy to do, I think. So I don't know about any specific tips, but I would just say let go of the protein fear. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, it is a big worry for people, and still in this culture, even with medical people. Emily has her doctor appointment before the school year every year, and uh -huh. I mean, the doctor was grilling her <laughs> yes. in a way that was like, and I'm in the room, but you could see she's saying, is your dad neglecting your food <laughs> your food needs Which like she was like like so where do you get the protein yeah. and like she's 10 and this doctor's so worried and you can see her getting worked up and mm -hmm. like i'd say she gets enough protein right she eats yeah. beans and you Greens. Know, there's lots of yeah. Yeah. sources of protein is everywhere and yeah that is a big thing i would just that is the biggest tip let go of that fear um, and the other tip is, is simply what you just said, involve them. 
Let them be a part. Make, don't make it a thing. You know, it's like when, when a young kid swears and you can instantly laugh. It's like, oh my God, especially if they swore. So and, hard not to. Right. Yeah. It's so hard. But the more, the bigger deal you make it, when you laugh, they're going to keep doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you actually don't want them to keep doing it, if like if you shine, that was so funny. He's going to keep swearing, swearing, swearing. Right. It's like that. It's like just, if you make a big deal of it, like, oh my gosh, we got to try this vegan thing tonight. The planet needs it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and the kids are like, oh my gosh, everybody's upset about it. But when you make regular food and involve them, if you're baking, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to get them into the joy of this cooking. Right. So... You know, we're sitting here all together, and you guys mentioned that you were married, and now you're not. I'm so impressed by the way you have this yoga studio and this plant-based cafe. You have a daughter together. Like, how are you doing this and doing it so well? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the at the root of that ahimsa or non-harming is like a deep mutual respect for each other. And, I mean, we have been divorced for a while now, but honestly, it's not it's not hard to do like we love each other and we enjoy working with each other and we're part of this community together so it's not like it's a big daily struggle that's true um i mean in the beginning there was you know there's things you have to work on but when you start with that that ahimsa and that's that's what we decided early on we we were having a more more challenging for me probably i don't know um, but at some point, you know, you just have to, we looked at each other and said, let's make this our practice, like our yoga practice, all mm-hmm. the things that we've learned, let, let, let our divorce be yoga practice. Um, Which is amazing. It certainly takes two people. Right. 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 If you have, you can have one person wanting to like, Hey, let's go a peaceful route with this. Mm-hmm. Let's do something different with this. Um, but if the other person's like, no, F you, that's not, you know. So if you can, the, the work of it's just not getting stuck in your anger or that's where our practice helped us. Because when, mm-hmm. when you have this movement and you counter that deliberate movement then with being still and finding your breath, both those areas helped us shift energy and decide together that we wanted to have a more peaceful approach and years later it's awesome that we can do these things we know it's awesome. we feel like it's awesome because we know friends that have gone through different ways with it right so we definitely notice often and we turn to each other and be like oh isn't this freaking great and you know like i have friends that don't see their kids you know or only every other weekend like we have shared custody but we both see our child every day. Oh, that's amazing. You know, amazing. like we get to see our child anytime. Oh, it's beautiful. It I is. applaud you both. And it's so nice that you're practicing what you preach, right? And I'm sure that just comes out in the energy that you create at the studio and the cafe too, so. Well, we do sometimes have a giggle. I mean, often people, especially will approach Phil and say like, well, I just want to be divorced like the way that you guys are. <laughs> and he's like, but you split up last week? And we've been actively working on this for nine years now. You know, it's like, yes, like also knowing that like time, like all things, all work takes time for sure. But, you know, my partner, Michael and I have a son who's almost three and Phil is like 
his number one babysitter, his number one best buddy. Um, like he'll always run to the door, like Illy's here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Really, and how lucky am I? You know, like when I remember when they got pregnant, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna work. You know, we had our own little, you know, family union we were trying to rebuild. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's it's going like this, and I just feel so lucky every day that they let me, both her and Michael, let me be a part of his life. Yeah. You know? And it's when I take him somewhere, it's they never like stop me and be like, don't do this with them. I know you like to do this right. this way. Don't do that with them. They just, you know. Trust, trust me and, yeah. that's, that's and we beautiful. go off on adventure. So yeah. I'm thankful oh. for that. Gives me chills. Well, we talked about so many different practices like the right livelihood and the Ahamza. Like what's one easy lesson you could give to our listeners who want to just start practicing this or incorporating some things into their daily life? What's one thing they could do this today or this week? I would say sit on a cushion. Yeah. <laughs> Were you gonna say that? Yeah, but I mean that if you don't have a formal seated meditation when you're waiting in traffic, when you're walking your dog, just mm -hmm. like pay attention to your breath and be in this light, you know. Or because if you're listening right now, just plant your feet on the floor and sit your straight up if you're in a chair and just, you know, take five delivered breaths. Like start where you are. Mm -hmm. And Love that's that. that's the thing. It's like we can talk about 10 different plans and read 10 different self-help books and just keep trying to like get information how am i going to go about this but you have to start right where you are in your life and try to like not get caught up in the circumstance so often we think our life where it is right now is the obstacle oh if i could just make a little more money then i could do the things i want to do if i could just get that promotion then i'm really going to start to have settle into this if i could just you know lose this much weight then I'm just gonna feel better but then I'll do the things I want to do and we think our life where it is right now is the obstacle and it's the complete opposite right where you are right now is the very vehicle for awakening your life whatever you're going through oh my gosh I love that yes. you know, but often Lance for us is like you are perfect just as you are mm -hmm. and you could use a little work so it's right. like it, it's both are true, right? Like yes. your life is perfect right where it's at and all things could use a little work, but not through like shame and the double-edged sword of berating yourself. Just like, just see it. It's so good where it's at and keep working on it. Yes. So if people want more, where can they find you? How can they Ooh. come to your yoga class? How can they try out the plant-based cafe? Well, they can only find us for a little bit, but the studio and the cafe will be here. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're headed to Australia. Oh, wow. That is so yes. we're going to be away for a bit, but everything will be running. we got a great team here. Okay. Um, really great team. Yeah. We're headed to Australia because our daughter is going to do a term of school at a Montessori school there. So the oh, whole family is going. That is incredible. It's we're in Australia. In Melbourne, yeah. Wow. Love Australia. So, so I uh, yeah, we're pretty excited. But here we are at Moto mm -hmm. Yoga. It's down in uh, Lake Calhoun, Lake Calhoun Village. It's a little plaza across the, from the Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. In, in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, right by Bidet Maka. And then right next door is our cafe. We're like, we're all in the same spot. You can find us. Just come here. So come to the yoga class. Go have some lunch or dinner. Healthy movement, healthy food. Actually, on Monday, we got Moto Mondays. If you want to do a yoga class, any class after 4.30, you get a secret code word after you've done class, and you get to 20% off at Seed Cafe. 
Very nice. Moto Mondays. That. Yeah. Hashtag if you, that. If you want to learn more about plant-based, uh, in January we'll have something called the 30-day plant-based eating challenge happening at the cafe. So we'll have lots of um, guest speakers, nutritionists, hands-on activities, recipes, just like very accessible ways to incorporate yeah. plant-based eating on like an everyday or a once in a while scale. Oh, I love that. And will you share that on social media as well? For sure. Even for people that aren't in Minneapolis, but yeah. like just like some tips and things. Instagram oh, Instagram is, is the place where okay. we do the most sharing of content. Great. And okay. we'll include all of this in our show notes. Great. So you guys, everyone knows where to find you. And our final question is, what does the art of living well mean to you? Waking up, I guess, just seeing it's like already happening right now. We just, it's like the thing on the tip of your tongue to be present, you know, and then, and then it slips away. It's just like, wake up, be in it right now. Yeah. For me, it is, um, I once asked my, my Dharma teacher, like, how do you, like, in, in Buddhism, there are so many lists, because it was a culture way back in the day, you know, I didn't have computers and stuff. It's like, how do we share this information? Mm -hmm. Just let's make some lists. And you got the Four Noble Truths, and the, you know, the Eightfold Path, and the Five Scum. It's like, it goes on and on. I'm like, right. how do you, this is so freaking confusing to me. <laughs> how do you teach this? How do, like, what would you say to someone? And he said, well, it's, it, it boils down all 5,000 years of teaching to just do what's right in front of you. Mm. Like the presence of like, do what's right in front of you. We can go off and think 9,000 things, I gotta do this, but you'll never get there unless you just start where you are, do what's right in front of you. Um, so that for me, that's the art of living well, and it's really freaking hard to do. And it's so, <laughs> it's so worth the effort. Like, it's so worth the effort. Yes. Like those, those progressions you start to see and connecting to people in different ways and being more present with who you are is powerful. That was beautiful. Yeah. We loved having you on the show Thank today. You so Thank much. you so much. Thank you so much. Really? And have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> Marnie and I just created our private Facebook group and we're inviting each of you to head on over to Facebook and join this new community. We're so excited about it. We really created this group so we could connect with our listeners and form our tribe as we go, as we grow. And um, this group is really meant to be a safe space for our members to connect and support one another. You may laugh, cry, and really provide opportunities for everyone to grow. That's one of the I think benefits of the community is to have the connections and the accountability. And you'll even have direct access for Q&A with both of us. Um, so we're just so excited about it. And we're really hoping that you'll join us on this adventure. So head on over to Facebook and search the Art of Living Well podcast private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.